The Bushy and Bobo Show, a healthy scratch podcast. Here's your hosts, Kyle Bush and Brian Rager. Everyone, welcome back to the Bushy and Bobo Show on HealthyScratch.ca. Episode 21 means that our podcast can now drink in the United States. So I'm going to raise a claw. Uh, I've been addicted to these things lately. What do you got there? Oh, nice. Yeah, there's nothing in that, is there? No. Are we going to pretend that there is? No, I wasn't going to pretend it. But no, no alcoholic beverages for me today. Just a little gato sauce. Little gato. Got to get hydrated. Um, so... A lot happened in the hockey world since we last spoke, which was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, most notably with uh, some of our teams. Uh, I wouldn't say my team, your Not team for sure. We'll get to the to the Canucks. Uh, I think more towards the end of the pod. Um, we're gonna start with Lou and Pete's team, the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Uh, you know, push came to shove. Let's just say that, and, and Mark Bergevin got let go, and. Uh, you know, was it something where, like I said in the last pod, I feel like I saw this coming. Uh, the, the, like, I don't want to say implosion, but they've been really bad this year. Uh, They're not a team that you would have thought if you would ask, did they go to the Stanley Cup final? God, no. No, and I and here's the thing. Like, Price hasn't played all year. That makes a difference. Your captain's but I, Your captain's probably done forever. Uh, it, but he was your number one guy. That's hard to replace. And uh, when, you know, you got your young guy like Caulfield, you, you send him down to get him out of this mess, right? Uh, there are a lot of things that went wrong with Montreal this season. And even now, it feels like a ship that doesn't have a captain. It's kind of rudderless. They, who knows where they're going with this? You were talking about a rumor of who they're maybe looking at for the GM, which it's like, of course they're looking at this. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like the rumor that I've seen going around it is Patrick Waugh. Right. The guy who said, uh, was it 90, uh, 96 there or 95? Well, I'm never going to play for this team again. Goes on to Colorado. He's never going to play for them again. Yeah. <laughs> but he sort of made amends on like when he had yeah. uh, the commercial with, uh, uh, geez, who was the guy? Yannick? No. What was the guy? Tremblay? Oh, Mario Tremblay was the the coach. That he has a commercial with him playing bubble top, and it's where Patrick Waugh's just smoking him, and he says like to pull his goalie, and he's like, "No, I'll leave him in." <laughs> it's leave so him. funny. <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's not like what fuck like Waugh. See, he has like, like front office. So like, didn't he do some front office stuff for the Quebec Ramparts there too? He, he and, was uh, wasn't he the GM and coach? Yeah, and he, he coached, was the coach. He coached Colorado, right? Yeah, the, the Avalanche. Uh. I think it's just a, a it's a name. It's a French a name. name. It's a French it's like, name. It's like Iserman, Detroit, Sac, yeah. Colorado, Patrick Waugh, Montreal, right? So now one thing before we get into Mark Bergevin specifically and maybe what the Habs have to do, uh, I want to address like this rule that they have. And like, it's not a rule, but it it's feels an unofficial like it rule. It's an unofficial Montreal rule. And it's absolutely stupid. Right. Of we have to have a French speaking general manager. Okay. So the reasons for it is, yeah, you're in a French province and, but it's, it's a bilingual thing, right? So in my opinion, 
hockey wise, why are you not just getting the best guy for the job? That'd make too much sense. Right. So we have to basically take, if this is our sample size of all the GMs in the league, and we're going to, we're going to just say these guys only you've already, you might have the guy over here. Okay. He doesn't speak uh, French. Okay. Um, Jeff Gorton that got hired as like, what would they call him? Like the VP or something. Like he doesn't speak French. He tried to, I'll give him props to, to do that in, in the press conference. But, and this is what you do. La. <laughs> but it's one of those things where I feel like, uh, you know, hiring him. I don't know who you would get to work under him because the thing is, if you hire Patrick Waugh, he's not taking direction from, from Jeff Gordon. I, I don't no. think, I think, you know, if you hire Patrick Waugh, it's like, this is your ship, dude. You're doing whatever you want. Exactly. Exactly. You're bringing it. Like it's a name. It's a personality. You look, he's going to be the guy that's going to be there long-term. I don't know. Like if you would, if they sign him, it would be something that they'd try to get him on a, a long-term deal or whatnot. But it, it's, you know, if it's a French GM, well, when it's a French GM, they, they want to have that term in there too. Right. It's not like it's okay. We're going to bring in, for example, like Steve Eiserman. No, no, no. He he's only a short term uh, fix for us because he doesn't speak the French. But right, but it's also someone that's proven. Steve Eiserman proved himself in Tampa. Came yes. back home. Uh, it would be like if Patrick Waugh went to like Arizona and then like had a lot of success or like you know reinvigorated the franchise and then had an opportunity to go home to Montreal. It'd be like, hey, you know, GM of the year, and it, so it's to- it's different. It feels to me. And this goes for coaches too, and general managers. It's like this old boys club, you know. You keep seeing we've said that so many times, and we're going to talk about the Canucks with with Rutherford, and and it's like this guy's seventy eight years old or something, isn't he? Like, isn't he in his seventies? We yeah. can't find anyone else to Jimmy, do these jobs. Jimmy's up there in age. Like, uh, like I said, we'll we'll get into it a bit later yeah. with him. Like, there's there's a few things that I want to say about that whole thing. But you know, that's someone. Yeah, he's seventy two years old. Like, someone's getting hired by the Canadians that has been a GM before, right? So it's it's totally. He looks a lot could, older than seventy two. I know, but it's that's just what I mean. Is it, they're going to hire somebody that's known? What I really think they should do is like you have Jeff Gorton in there, like get somebody that maybe isn't super well-known, but they are a good hockey mind. Like there has to be someone else like AHL or, or like some, somebody there's got to be somebody you can bring in. That's going to do a good job and learn from the guy. Right. They already have said, and this is talk that uh Ducharme is going to be there for the rest of the year. Now, of course they're going to say that. Yeah. You know, they're not going to say, yeah, we're going to gas him like halfway through. No, you can't. doesn't mean they can't get rid of them, but Montreal is in a little bit of a pickle, but, do you want to talk about Bergevin and some of his moves, good and bad? Bergevin, what has like, led to this? Yeah, and it's funny because you, you you mentioned Bergevin, and he's the one of the guys that was rumored to be the next GM GM of Vancouver. Uh, it was like seriously, like we're just going to keep I, recycling the same guys. Exactly, it's that the, the boys' club, but um, it's weird. Uh, you look at his time in Montreal, and he's had the good and the bad. Probably a couple of his best. Uh, Better moves, I say. The number one that I could think of is is the Shea Weber for PK Subban. You look at the right. like, look what's happened since then. At the like when that first happened, people were like, oh man, you're giving PK up for a vet and Shea Weber, blah blah blah. And the contract, like, 
you look at PK has not been the same since he's left. Well, maybe his first year naturally he was all right. Just slew footing people all over the place. But he's not he's not what Shea Weber's been. Shea Weber's been the the, the rock on that Montreal blue line. Consistent like he's playing Shea Weber hockey. My, like he's never changed up his game. He's wore the he wore in the C or he wore the C and uh big reason they went to the final. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's his 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 best trade that I that I think of. And then I know a couple other we were yeah. saying is the uh, so I was gonna say I texted Lou and uh I had a list and his list is is almost identical. So do you want me to run through what, what Lou was saying? I asked yeah, him yeah. on the pod. He was too scared. Um, so now he did say, he's like, uh, <laughs> I'll say exactly what he said. I'm quoting him, okay? He also won the PK trade. And I don't give a fuck what anyone says. By a landslide, PK has done nothing but go downhill fast. It's true. Um, okay. So these are the ones, and I'll go through, and I'll say what John said, and, and I'll ask you what you think. So uh, Jeff Petrie trade. So Lou says, you know, he got a lock top two D man for a second, fourth round pick was able to sign him twice at bargain deals. This year obviously has no bearing on anything because it's not real. (laughs) So obviously a good trade because Jeff Petrie has been solid, like just always been back there for the Canadians. Absolutely. Like it's number one guy though. He's great with like Shea Weber as your one, you know, Petrie as your two. That'd be nice. Yeah, he, he's that, but he's had to take on that that step up this year, right? It's uh, taking on that role, but with Weber out, but yeah. he, at the time, perfect trade. Right. What about trading for uh, Philip Deneau? So it was Deneau in a second, which turned out to be Romanov for F- Thomas Fleischman and Dale Weiss. So, and he says, even though he walked, you got elite defensive center play for like six years, plus a promising young D for like two fourth liners. Really good trade. And I mean, Nothing that's obviously that good drafting. Ball. Yeah, good drafting for getting Romanov too. Um, and yeah, Deno walked. Um, I think uh, maybe uh, underrated for a time in Montreal defensively and yeah, they key cog on that second to third center pair and just went to LA, right? So they they never really replaced him. I mean, when they lost Kok and Yemi, and brought in Dvorak, they thought maybe he'll be the guy analytically, but hasn't <laughs> at all. No. Um, Pacioretty getting traded for uh, Nick Suzuki and Thomas Tatar. So he says Tuna was stellar for a handful of years. And obviously Suzuki is looking to be a top two center for a while. I agree with that. You know, yeah. he's going to be a top line or like with Suzuki, because he's so young, he's still in that stage of, yeah, he looks like you said, he looks top six. And this is why I like what Lou's actually, he went through and, and wasn't a homer about this. Top two center. I agree with that. If he would have said he's a top line guy, no matter what. Well, I mean, you can argue that top two, hundred percent. I love Nick Suzuki and how he plays. And yeah, obviously Tatar, you played well for the house. Well, yeah. Um, so that's a, a good trade as well. And, and Patrick, wanted out and they got something for him. Um, let's see. Now he didn't have any of the the these good ones, but I wrote down signing Tyler Toffoli for yes. your seventeen mil. That was a really good one. Um, oh. already, yeah, and then another one actually that Lou did say he said it at the end. I think um, he also deserves a shout out for the Paul Byron pickup off waivers. The team's record without him in the lineup is earth shattering. He's been a rock and scored some big goals. 
listen to this. Their win percentage with him in the lineup is like 75%. And without him, it's like 38%. <laughs> that math makes no sense, Johnny. <laughs> it's, uh, that's but got him off a waivers. math major. Yeah. Got him off waivers. That's a good pickup too. So there is there's a hit and misses, right? hard to find. There's hit and misses on for any G for any GM. Right. But talk it's... about misses. Go ahead. What kind of misses do you think? Right off the top of your head, what which ones do you think of? Do you have any off the top of your head? Or do you want me to just... well because I remember when when I asked you, do you want to do a pod? And now you're sitting then you mentioned this. Like I'm trying to I wanted to to try to Google some stuff, but with work right now, I'm okay. sort of doing something else. I wasn't able to hey, hey, necessarily do hey, this. But that's I got why, you. Uh, I got you, buddy. That's why we got you, and that's why we I got, got Lou. Okay. Um let's let's start with Lou. Okay. We'll see what he says. Worst moves. My my favorite part, slam dunk Druan for Sergachev. Forced trade to try to be a French hero, and Iserman fleeced him. <laughs> That's it's, exactly what happened. It's, yeah. Think about if they had Sergachev right now with Petrie and Weber, right? Uh, and Romanov. There's your top four, right? That would be kind of nice. No, I know Weber got hurt. But now you look even at Sergachev down there in Tampa. Like he's playing with Edmund and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. They had, uh, and he's probably their second best D man, honestly. And they got McDonough, they got Chernak, they're set. And then even um, last year, they had uh, Savard there too for after the deadline. So, right. Um, he says, Alzner <laughs> signing speaks for itself. Nice try, just missed the shot. I mean, that's like an air ball. If I'm if five years, 23 million, and then after one season, waivers into the minors. That's a bad signing. <laughs> and he went, no no. And he came from Washington and like, it was weird. Cause I think he had some points in Washington, but like, it was one of those, like, there's no way this guy can do this anywhere else. Right. Yeah. Cause Washington was scoring goals like fucking crazy back then. Right. Um, next one he says, and this isn't on my list. This is how John feels. David Savard signing. It's the same. Uh, he's living it right now. He says, I don't know if it's the same as, as Carl Alsner. I think David Savard is, is a really good second pair D man, but again, it's just the, the makeup of the team that he's with right now. Like he was so comfortable in Columbus. He fit in perfectly with Tampa Bay. Cause you're on the lightning. You win the Stanley cup. So now there's nowhere to hide and there's really no, there's no one to play with either. So it's, you're going to look bad as well. So I think with the Savard thing, I would say to John, like, give it time. Cause I like David Savard. Yeah. When he signed with them, I was like, Oh, that's a good deal. Um, great, great Red Wing. Right. And, and the last thing that Lou says is, but his worst move overall was drafting and developing mainly missing and mishandling and not developing second, third overall picks and uh, Galchenyuk and Kotkiemi is just un- inexcusable. It's two shots at organization changing events. Totally agree with them. So, Lou, honestly, I'm in lockstep with everything that he just said because that's a few things on here. Galchenyuk, third overall, it was his first draft for Bergevin. And Kakanyemi over Kachuk and Hughes. I mean, Logan Mayu, Mayu draft. Um, he even said letting Radulov walk was a big one. And going back, just organizationally, like this is before Bergevin, but they haven't hit on a first-round pick in a while. It's been a it's been a second since they've picked somebody and developed them into an actual like NHLer. That's a top it's, six. It's or cool top to, for me. It's cool to hear, uh, or it's it's interesting to hear where Lou's coming from on hits and misses. There, like, and and he's looking at it as not just a fan, but like he's looking as like a hockey guy too. It's hard to look at it as a fan too, and I know because he it's like, where's your heart and, and he your loves the Habs more than I love the Red Wings and more than you love the Canucks. 
Yeah. It's just how it is. Watch but the fact that game. he was able to separate it, though, for, for this yeah. was uh, it's interesting. It's, it's sometimes a painful exercise <laughs> to go, yeah. oh, my God, what did we do here? Uh, so, you know, what's the way forward for these guys then, right? Obviously, you got to find your GM. Uh, I think it was time to move on from Bergevin. I think it's it was a flawed team this year it's one of those things where even talking with John last year and maybe looking back now, he can see it. But even when they went to the final, it was a magical run. He was saying he's playing with house money. You obviously want him to win it, but Tampa was just too good. Yeah. But it was a flawed team throughout. I mean, they caught fire. They, they played really well. Carrie place. Carrie price was outstanding. Playoff, yeah. But he was Mr. bad Playoffs. in the regular season. You know, Jake Thank Allen, God they had Jake Allen. Yeah. Jake Allen was, their rock for a while now this year he's not so they're looking like they're going to be a top five pick uh maybe you get lucky shane wright is is at the top there brad lambert maybe you get lucky and you get someone that helps uh turn this thing around and help develop like someone that could go in with that core there that new young core right with with caulfield and and suzuki and yeah and you have some young players it is rebuild time in montreal Right. And you're going to be soon, you know, Carrie price, you're going to have to find someone, right. Is it, is it uh, Jake Allen? Like, I don't think so. Is it no, Sam he's not, he can't be no. long, long, they can't be a long-term guys. Yeah. So they got to figure this out and that's why they need a GM. That's gonna, you, you need to give him a long leash. You know, if I'm a Montreal fan, you know, it's almost like in, in with Iserman when he came in saying like, this is going to take a second. I think Montreal is in a better Hmm, I don't know. You know what the thing they you're might saying, not be in a better spot than Detroit one thing was when Eisman came in. You're know. saying there though, like, whoops. When Eisman came into Detroit, he didn't bullshit it. He didn't say, "Okay, we're gonna become like." He was a straight shooter. It's gonna take some time. We do have some good young talent, and we have some some prospects, but it's gonna take a little bit. But like, you know be, why he was afforded to do that is because he's Steve Eiserman and it's Detroit. He's going to get so much longer than a regular GM. But in, oh, exactly. especially with Montreal in that hockey hotbed, you yeah. think they're going to be okay with losing and rebuilding for three years? Not a chance. Are you kidding oh. me? So that forces a GM into making stupid decisions, dumb trades, you know, aggressive well, the emergency signings. cord. Get the emergency well, cord. And... and and again, this is a segue eventually into Jim Benning and what happened with him in Vancouver, feeling the hot seat and going, I have to do something where it might not mean organizational stability. Yeah, for it doesn't mean it's the come. right move. It's, it's, it's stability for you or a, an aggressive shot. Hope this works out. So it's, th- it's the blindfold throwing the dart, three darts at once, hoping for something to hit. Yeah. Did you see Trevor Zegras throw a dart over top of the net? Did you no. see that goal? No. Okay. I want you right now to react. Uh, this is Bobo reacts. Type in Trevor Zegras. Hold Sonny on. I got to ring up the YouTubes for, I think it first. was Sonny Milano. Yeah. Just type in Trevor uh, Zegras. Zegras. Lacrosse. Oh yeah. Yes. 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 I, I did see that. That hey. was, yeah, I, I did see that goal. Once, uh, once the highlights started, like the little thumbnails on YouTube came up. Speaking of, of uh, Lou, he hates Trevor Zegras. Now we're talking about Randy's team. We need to talk about them maybe next uh, next pod because they're in first place right now in the Pacific. Are you <laughs> shitting me? They're fun, man. 
with with Zegers and Drysdale and Milano and Troy Terry has almost like 20 goals or something. Yeah, what the hell's up with that? Holy eh? shit! I mean, they look pretty damn good. So hey, we'll talk about the Ducks. Maybe we'll uh, we'll get Randall on here to talk about them because he's watched probably every game. That is like that. Like I just watching the goal again. And <laughs> all right, I'm gonna give you one guess about what John Tortorella said about this goal. Oh, it should probably Bush League. It's amateur hour. Yeah. Something like that. No, basically that back in 2000, you would have got your bell rung. No one would have done this, this and that. I don't think it has a partner game. Now guys are a I'm lot just... more skilled now. Tortorella, you fucking idiot. Right. Like, <laughs> right. but okay. We said this about torts uh, a couple episodes ago right now. He's not a coach. He's an entertainer. And guess what? And I said it this last time it gets idiots like me and you talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So job well done by torts, right? That's exactly his job is to stir the pot. He Took might not actually you, think this, but now everybody is up in arms about, wow, he's just a dinosaur, this and that. And, and in, I didn't give you the full context of what he said. And not a lot of people have the patience to listen to the whole thing. But he was just saying, saying Bushy. can you get that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever fought anybody? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying, Brooksy. Man. Dude, it's yeah, so funny. Get out, get out of here, though. Yeah. Then yeah. get out of here. Yeah. Good. Okay, so um, everybody is just out, uh, outraged that he would say this um, b- because it's just he's compare. All he was doing was comparing twenty years ago to now, and he, how do. he's conflicted. Yeah, well, you can. Well, he's conflicted, and, it, and it, guess what? It is a different game, right? And I think he did mention that it's different now. Um, but he did say something about oh, you, you would probably have to have a talk with that player. It's like. I don't know if I would do that. I'd, I'd say um, back in the day, yeah, you would probably get your ass kicked for trying yeah. something hot dog like that. But it's a league of skill. You see kids trying it and like practices and stuff now. Um, I think it's something where like he was just kind of saying like back in the day, the game was different. That would never happen in 2000. So people just went, well, it's 2021. He's like, yeah, he's saying that wouldn't have happened back then. And yeah. that's why it never happened. Cause you would have got killed. Yeah. Right? It's a lot, anymore. a lot more skill based now, a lot quicker and guys right. are able to pull off new well, things in games now. And another thing that, you know, comparing back then to now, um, like where I go, you would have got, you would have got smoked. If you tried that, you know, that move, someone would have come and punched your face. And why is every freaking hit now? Uh, there's a fight. Right. Every hit, Jacob yeah. Truba on the New York Rangers twice and actually three times. He had another hit last night. All of a sudden, this guy is Scott that's, Stevens. That's the second one I thought you were talking about was the one last night. Well, that one was clean. In my, they're all three of them were clean. Okay. Yeah. Some people are going, this is, there's no room in this in the game and this and that. These people now, okay, I might sound like a dinosaur, but listen, it's a professional sport. That is high velocity in their, their professionals. They have been doing this their whole life. Okay. You make a hit to separate the man from the puck. And if you can hit them hard, you hit them hard. That's how you're taught. When everyone's saying the focal point of these hits is the head. No, it is not. Of course, your head's going to go forward when you get smoked in the chest. Okay. And yeah, you're probably going to hit their shoulder. You don't really want to see anyone hurt. No, but at the same time, the Truba hit two or three of them. Ryan Lomberg on the Florida Panthers absolutely annihilated this kid. I don't even know who he was playing for. 
uh, was it the Kings or I, they're, I don't know it was, was against the Avalanche. I have it Avalanche. up now. Uh, see if I could do this. Uh, he got no, this I don't kid, have screen share ability. Well, no, but. it's fine. It, it, we don't need to watch it because we're gonna get uh, taken off anyway. Yeah. So the kid is in his own end. Um, McDonald, right? Yeah, J- Jacob McDonald on Colorado. He's turning in the corner. He has the puck. He's turning the corner, and if you watch the video, you can see him peek towards where Lomberg is. You see him yep. kind of take a peek, and then he puts his head back down, and bam, and boom, bawango, like Don Cherry would say, trolley tracks, shoulder right to the chest, stretchered. You're you're dead, right? The kid got stretchered off. You know, you hope he's okay. But there's a fight immediately. And then, yeah, right it's away. like, holy shit, guys, what are we doing here? And it's almost like it, it, the guy that's going after him is kind of like, well, I just have to. It's it's like an obligation. Like yeah, I remember what, playing. It wasn't even a would... fight. It was it's like I have it over now. He has like they're trying to throw a few punches, but they're all tangled up, and it's more of just a hug. Right. A grapple to the ground. It's I remember some of my teammates getting laid out and going, Holy crap. You know, here's the thing. This is just how I sum it up. Keep your fucking head up. How about that? I have got my bell rung more often than I ever wanted to when I played hockey because I had my head down. I wasn't aware of my surroundings. I wasn't aware of that defenseman's pinching in. He's going to smoke me, right? It happens, and you have to learn from that. And again, you you can get hurt, and those are the risks of playing in the league. There's no way you're going to get rid of these hits, right? This no. is textbook body check. I don't know it's what a clean you want hit. these guys to do. Do you want them to just play two hand touch? Because it's a very it's not going to happen. Like I've watched it just a couple times here. It's a clean hit. Like I said, it's just the guys coming in to fight for no reason. But I do want to give a shout out to the ref on that play because the ref is right in the way there, and he just backs out last he's second. Like, Go ahead before before. Otherwise, he's getting knocked the fuck out. Right, and I think in one of the uh, it might have been one of the Truba fights. I think someone got an instigator penalty. So like New York had a power play. <laughs> Like, and that's probably what needs to happen in those situations. If there's a hit and it's clean and someone comes in and fights you, you're getting a two minute pen. It, like make it so that it stops and give them a match penalty. If you go in and instigate a fight with someone that just hit your guy and it's clean and there's no penalty. I'm watching. I just watched the one Truba hit on, uh, on uh, Kyra there on Chicago. Oh, and he got and- McKinnon too. Yeah, I'm watching the the Cairo one. Oh, Cairo, oh my god! He his head's Again, down, and he's just have a, your head up, man. Yeah, but the the McKinnon and then he one gets, wasn't and as then, bad. Uh, Truba gets pulled from the like almost horse collared to turn around and uh, right and go so, there. I think it's a little like, and that's the thing. It's like a little stupid where it's like, why do we have to fight again? Like, yeah, you have to stick up for your teammates, but mckinnon head down head i'm down. watching all head all. down man it's gonna be a head down league and that's where guys are gonna get hurt it's not the fighting right well and of course so you have to be aware landis cog fought landy yeah man it's like why are you ha- why is he got to do it right like one of your best players have you ever heard of taking a number and getting them later exactly hello why don't you line truba up and give him a rough ride next time you know, get him behind the net. And why have him. why have one of your your top guys out there and try and fight it when, like you said, yeah, call the number, get the grit line out there when you see right. him, and yeah, exactly. And, and I'm and watching that's the, the thing. one uh, you got some tough guys last night. Isn't Reeves on, uh, on the Rangers? Yep. You know, well, I mean, that's the thing is he's gonna but, pound your face in too. It's but hey, if that's the way you want to play it, I feel like this whole let's hug it out shit. 
you know, hey, maybe you know what? That's probably the best case scenario for Jacob Truba is if someone drops the gloves with him because then it's done, and I'm just gonna rock you next time. If you don't fight him, he's gonna he's gonna be looking around the whole game like who's after me now, right? It's true. Seriously, it's the psychology of it can get you. Um, no segue for this <laughs> at all. Okay, ready? psychology is something that uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to make a bad one. So the Olympics are coming, <laughs> and, and there's a lot of doctors <laughs> in psychology. But yeah, good one. So I just found this kind of funny and kind of. I'm looking forward to like, you know how, when you have the Olympics, you're like, Oh, I have some guys on my favorite team that are going, I'm going to follow them. I'll watch them. Yeah. Um, same thing with world juniors. Right. And so the one thing that I found really interesting is Sweden. You always have to put in a short list list of your international players that you're going to be selecting from for the Olympics. And I think this is probably incredibly rare, but so my boy, who's been crushing it with the wings, Lucas Raymond was left off of Sweden's list before the NHL season started. I don't think they knew how good he was going to be in the NHL and actually have a shot at making that team. He'd be on that team no matter what. Right. Am I crazy? Uh, be there, right? He should be there. Like he should be there. He should be on, he that should be on list. the list. He should. Yeah. If not, if, if he's not going to be on the team, at least on the list, like the if Swedes he, always, Swedes always put a good, put, together a great team so but he would be on it because they're asking for an exemption so they want him on the team because they're asking the committee like hey man um this guy should be on our team but they're kind of they're saying he might not be allowed to play because they didn't submit his name on the list which is stupid i I don't know if that's ever happened before and i don't know how you would look that up i don't think like i've never heard anything about that not happening and and going to for an exemption or whatnot on it it's think about that eh? this olympics this olympics has been so fucky between that and like i know often we talked about like china do you know the ihf uh double ihf had to go like send representatives to a chinese game to make sure they're going to be somewhat competitive they have norway on standby they had norway on stamp yeah they had norway on standby just in norway who got annihilated 12 nothing by canada like what 10 years ago yeah so that's 20 or that wait, was 2014. Gonna, yeah, that was going to be the, that was going to be the standby team. Like China, they have since said China is going to be playing in this division with Canada, the U.S., and Germany. They're dead. And even the the Chinese team, which is Kloon Red Stars in the KHL, they're still having players that might not be able to play on their team because they haven't played the two year, right for visa citizenship. Right? Yeah, for visa and yeah. permanent citizen. Like Jake Chelios plays on that team. Brandon Yip. Some of those guys are going to have to surrender their actual, their, their nationality citizenship and get temporary Chinese passports. That's a lot to go. I was really violated 15, nothing by camp. Like I, I get, okay. Yeah. Like, you, you get to play in the Olympics. You're not necessarily representing your cut. Like when I think Chinese I, hockey, I don't think Jake Chelios. Jake, no, you don't like it. But yeah, there, there are some guys that like Brandon Yip. I could see it. Cause he has the, Chinese, about- he is a dual. Right. Think about uh, like Brett Hall. Yeah. He played for USA, but he's Canadian. Born in Belleville. Right. So there are instances where it's like technically Danny Heatley could have played German. for Germany. Yeah. yeah. Like he could have because he was born there. Uh, Owen Nolan, Belfast, Ireland. Right. So, but he played for Canada. 
So it just all goes on citizenship. Like like uh, Frodo, right? He, he yeah. plays for uh, Ireland, Ireland baseball, baseball, but he's there. Canadian, but he's also got Irish citizenship, right? So it depends. But with the international stuff, that that comes with uh, some interesting stuff with NHL 22. Uh, which I yeah. uh, I don't have. I'm not playing it. I, I've heard nothing. I got excited a little bit about this. <laughs> they are bringing in like the international jerseys, the legit actual ones where it's not just the generic Canada flag. Like, you know, generic they're bringing their actual, like, you know, uh, Nike it has the Trey Kroner, like three crowns. And it has the uh, German Eagle. It has finish has Suomi. And yeah. like, it's really cool. And I, I think that's interesting, but they're also bringing in, the women's international teams with the actual players and they're doing the world junior teams as well uh, for the men. So like you could, I wonder if you play like season mode in like the OHL, like, is there like around Christmas, it's like a oh, junior team have gone and then you you've been selected to, or is it just a maybe tournament mode? It's probably just tournament mode, right? Probably. We go in and just play. That's kind of neat. I think that's cool. Um, it's, it's about time. I see that happening for, for the, the women's hockey. Like it's been taken off so much in the last, few years here you look at it yeah having women more involved with the all-star game and do you think it's just a matter of time like there's two things that i've been thinking and especially for this this video game that's not even one that i thought like that just should have been a thing no matter what yeah but like getting the women's team in there that that's cool world juniors that's neat the jerseys are great the next ones that i kind of was thinking of uh because i think they got the echl in there now yeah finally um they'll never get the khl (laughs) no no uh ncaa which would be tough to do but now you can to get with licensing and all that you you could do that and they could make some money because they're they're gonna be making a football game right bringing football Um, i'm just saying to just those players could be in the video game you want to make michigan owen power and because that's something where if you play a franchise mode and you go into like the draft um owen power is not in the game because he's on michigan and that they can't use him so there's always some made up random guy so you won't have all the players so him uh kent johnson like even like quinn hughes when he was he was yeah he was in michigan too so any ncaa player isn't in nhl but a lot of the junior players are so it'd be kind of neat to have to have those guys incorporated maybe what you do is you go with like the big teams right you maybe make you know, Michigan, MSU, Boston College, Boston U, uh, North Dakota, you know, Wisconsin, Maine, Maine. Yeah. Era, Arizona State. Yeah, universe, like Phoenix, right? They have one, uh, Miami of Ohio. Like any teams where you're like, wow, Bowling these Green, guys yeah. bring out a lot of NHL talent. And then maybe guys that are selected by NHL teams, you can put them in kind of like a, NCAA like free agent like list. I don't think you'll see that. You're not going to see that in NHL until they have at least one or two football games come back. You're not going to see it in NHL 22, 23. I think the earliest, if they were to see that, the earliest will be NHL 25. It's all about money. So exactly. But uh, I think that would be, it would be cool. What about what, um, what might come before that? If I'm really thinking of it, if they're putting the women's teams for international in there, the women's career mode the, or having something like that. Yeah, that. But but like with um, is it the is it the NWHL? Oh, or yeah, is yeah. It, the, uh, the, I can see that too because that's somewhat partnered with the NHL. Yeah, because that'd be kind of neat. Because uh, it's and again, I don't like, know anything about. I don't know how many teams they have. It wouldn't be hard 
it's almost like uh, how NBA in 2K they have the WNBA in there. Yeah, they the have same thing. the like GM mode in WNBA. My career, really? Uh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, you you could do a whole GM. Uh, the Premier Hockey Federation, the Buffalo is Buttes, the new, right? It, I think how many teams they got here? They got current teams. Yeah, they got six teams in it right now. Okay, what are the teams? Buffalo uh, Buttes. Buffalo Buttes. Okay. Uh, the Boston Pride. Yeah. The Connecticut Toronto? Connecticut Whale. Is there a Toronto team? The Toronto Six. Yep. Uh, Metropolitan Riverettes, who have a sweet logo. Yeah. And uh, and the Minnesota Whitecaps. I haven't heard of those ones. I heard the other five. I never heard of Minnesota. Minnesota but joined in to 2018. Put six, to put six teams in there? That'd be it so takes easy. Nothing. Yeah. Especially with... Like the... the you know, Slovakian teams and, and, and stuff like that'd be really easy. I feel like if they could find a way to do that, do it. It's, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, I think it's something that is going to happen way before anything with NCAA. I could see this yeah. happening like next year, the year after, depending how, uh, how it all go, like all partnership too. Cause this is, this is one, except women's hockey's gotten a lot bigger. You're seeing it more on the NHL level to too. too. Oh, definitely. And this this would be one thing you're going to see. Uh, it's a win-win win for the NHL. Oh yeah, it, it said it doesn't. It wouldn't take necessarily much to add it in as a separate mode. But yeah, that'd be cool. And and sticking with like the international stuff, I just wanted to bring up. Uh, so the Canada roster was just announced. We're not going to break that down. Like I know, like for me, for the wings, they have Donovan Sabrango on defense and Sebastian Cosa Casa, Casa, Cosa is going to play. He's probably starting six foot seven. Like he's insane. So two Red Wings on Canada. Um, And, uh, and and guy from the spits there. uh, Yeah. Johnson. Oh, no. Will Cooley. Cooley. There you go. Um, Two guys that I was like, man, uh, that got left off the list of even going to camp is uh Barry defenseman Brant Clark and then it's Winnipeg. Yeah, and Winnipeg Ice, Ice. Uh, Matthew Savoie. These Very... guys, I was really shocked that they weren't invited to camp because Brian, you'd say the stats. Like Well, yeah, it's I'm pretty sure Clark was there in the summer at camp, at the summer camp. Um so Brant Clark, he's a defenseman. He plays for the Barry Colts in the OHL. He's 6 foot, 6 foot 285 pounds. First rounder. Right-handed, yeah, right. First round by LA yeah. this past year. Um, he's the captain of Barry in two, like twenty games. He has twenty-three points, five and eighteen. He's like he's and as, as a defenseman, like and he's right-handed. Yeah, right-handed shot. You uh, see how many right-handed shots they got on defense on Canada? No, I didn't see that in uh, zero. <laughs> why wouldn't you? They're want all that lefties. Then? Why wouldn't you want a right-handed shot? The guy can obviously... That's Ken Holland's worst nightmare. For like 2013, they had no right-handed defenseman. Now all they have is right-handed defenseman. And then, uh, yes, Matthew Savoy in the uh, WHL. He's leading the league. Yeah, so so even him leading the league, you look at the like the point leaders in the WHL, The it's that top line there for Winnipeg. It's Matthew Savoy, Connor McLennan, and uh, Mikey Milne. Savoy has 44 points. Like... That's insane. How's 44 in 27 games. Yeah. He's almost at, like almost had two points a game. It's ridiculous. The only thing that I can think of is, uh, you know, the, the movie miracle mm-hmm. about the 1980s Olympic team, the States is uh, 
there's a scene when they're during tryouts, it's like the first skate and uh, Herb Brooks is with uh, shoot the, the assistant coach there, Patrick, I think. Um, and gives him the list of the team. Like this is who the guys are. And the assistant coach says, well, you're missing some of the best players. And he goes, I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right ones. Maybe that's part of this. Uh, maybe the way that it's built and I've, and we said that when we were talking about the Olympics a few episodes ago, like the Canada, te- you know, Canadian team, where I said, you know, you're looking for these guys like maybe Couturier and Shifley and like guys that could play, you know, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, play a little bit yeah. more defensively on those bottom six where they have their top six. Maybe Matthew Savoie is not really a good defensive guy that we wouldn't really be effective on the fourth line. In my opinion, why aren't you just running out the, 12 best players you have but we've seen all-star teams fail right so maybe that's why i I, with the brant clark thing really surprised me that yeah that is very surprising it's uh so but isn't wasn't uh they have one guy on this team isn't he 17 they can only have so many 17 years old because self was also 17 so he would connor bedard 16 Oh, okay, that's what it is. That dick's well, for Regina. Now. He's unbelievable. That's where the first overall in a few years. So it's like 17. Do you need the no 16? You'd need the that exception or whatever exemption. Yeah. He's the he's the only one. Connor Bedard is the um sixth, I think. It's it's Gretzky, Lindros, Bomeister, uh, Spezza, McDavid, Crosby, Crosby and yeah. now oh, he's the seventh. So, so that's some pretty pretty good company to, some, to yeah. keep. Definitely some good, some, uh, I didn't some realize Bomeister was underage for that. That's kind of cool. But I remember like, cause like they're the only ones who are in a cage for some reason. Yeah. Or <laughs> like, even Bomeister's time probably were in the bubble. <laughs> he probably was. He probably was. So, um, now meat and potatoes of this episode is going to be uh, basically your, uh, your Canucks. And yeah. I'm going to kind of give you the floor because I'm sure you have, some uh you know ups and downs with what's going on with the team a whirlwind of emotions whirlwind of emotions okay so you want me to set you up here sure so jim benning their gm and see you later uh travis green egon so coach gm gassed um they brought in two relics (laughs) jim rutherford and bruce boudreau so gm and coach um how are you Not feeling about right. how are you feeling about just Benning and Green first, and then we'll get into the new guys? How do you feel well, about what happened here? Benning, when it first hired, I thought I was going to do a video on this too, and I had it all some. Well, I shouldn't say I had it all planned. I had somewhat rough points on there uh, when he first came to the team in 2014, I believe it was. A uh, little excited, like I was excited. He won the cup with Boston as an assistant in uh, in 2011, and seem to have been uh helped make the right moves but uh obviously no success and i think the last two three years i've just gotten so sick of him um the guy didn't want to necessarily commit to a rebuild um when things were going wrong like he'll draft these young guys like besser Pedersen, uh hughes and i know we're going to go into that later on but he never he almost threw him in and just tried to patch job things like things up. Louis Erickson, uh, which 
how he traded him after that. And what that's if we go into best moves, probably my favorite thing is Jim Benning trading Louis Erickson. Um, but just in his, in his press conference, it was so boring. Like he just looks so like he didn't want to be there. Um, just I get it, man. I, I lived with Ken Holland for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And then Travis green, I had, a, I had some, like I was, again, had some success in Utica. I think he is like in the four years there, two or three playoff runs, uh, lost in the finals, I believe once, uh, but guy that was able to help develop some of these younger guys that were transitioning up into Vancouver or guys that would have been young and drafted and slotted in no success there. And it's every press conference, especially this year that, I, that I've seen, you know, we're just not getting the bounces. Like he he's not holding his players accountable and he didn't hold himself accountable. So, so what I would ask, I'm going to ask is, you know, with, a GM like that. And I, and I think I know your answer, but as a fan, you know, are you really getting any answers from that guy? No. And how does it make you feel? Right. And it's frustrating. You don't, you're not getting any answers at all. Uh, what direction are we going in? You're bringing in some of these guys like veterans or whatnot to help. We're going to make a playoff. We're going to make a playoff run, which is what I thought we were going to do this year, but nothing. You did happened. say that. <laughs> Where I was like, oh, yeah, I could maybe see it, right? Like we said, the top six players on the top six uh, forwards is that, that that depth that we haven't had the success with or the right or the right combinations. Uh, players now seem to be over well, on a four-game win streak with Barbecue Bruce. So, uh, so okay, my question now, uh, well, how about Green? What about Green? He's he like he gone. I thought he was gonna be. I thought he was gonna be the guy. And all I, of a sudden, did he? Okay, so now I I know you just said, but did he lose the room? I think was so. It tactical? Was it both? <laughs> was well, it a motivation thing? I think um, it's, it's it's. There's so much losing, and you just lose the room. And he can try. Like he never looked like he was a guy to try to motivate someone. Uh, I'd say again, I don't know what happens behind the scenes in Vancouver. I'm assuming he's trying to, but. If you're trying to motivate, 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 and you're still not getting the results, you're going to lose the lose the room. It's gonna yeah. is it, is it a mixture of the tactics? Probably, but Could be. Um, I thought he was going to be a guy that would uh, that would have had a lot of success with, with these younger players, but just so, didn't happen. So the new guys. Um, let's start with uh, with Bruce Boudreaux. Okay, well, so because uh, he was hired on first, he was, and which I said to you was odd. I it thought was. that was interesting. I'm like, usually you get a GM, you you let him get his guy, but I, I guess that's who they zeroed in on. And uh, I was listening to him a lot on like NHL network and stuff. You know, Shannon he's on, Ducky, he's on uh, a two year deal. Uh, Sirius XM. He was on NHL a lot. So, but yeah. So um, at this time, he's won his first four games. Bruce, that's there Canucks it is. Coach. Bruce, there it is. That's... He has some great sound bite. Dude, the Already. one that he sent me where he like he gets up from his press conference, he goes, Oh fuck. <laughs> That's the best. Well, there's that he one. So how many sound bites does that guy have, right? He has one. Uh who is he talking to? Oh, it was at a press conference. So was it last after last night or two or his second game, third game? It was like, Oh, I just wish the fans would just stop with that stupid song. 
Yeah. And then after the game, the Canucks players are coming in, like after the game, after they win, they're pounding Bruce, it. There it is. And then yeah. I forgot who it was. He's like, hey, yeah. Bruce, there it is. Yeah. Like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, honestly, he's been a, such a breath of fresh air. And a lot of Canucks comments I see, like on their social medias from other fans, it's been nothing but good things and, and press conferences. Like he's not sugarcoating, he's straight to the point. Okay. Well, yeah. We played like shit, like the game against, uh, Oh fuck! It was a Winnipeg the Winnipeg win? No, that was last night. Fuck! I forget what game it was. Uh, Vancouver wins in a, in a shootout. They're up one nothing, but they play like shit. They're like they're just like we play like shit in the third period. We were giving up way too many penalties, way too many chances. But you know what? That's hockey. It's a gritty win. It's uh, like you're gonna take got, it. Yeah, we we we're gonna have ugly wins. We're gonna have ugly losses. But you know what? It's uh, there's a reason why it's sixty minutes and sometimes longer. It's it seems it's the like contrast, he's... right? Of what you had and now, or what you have now and what you had then. Yeah. You're and getting it's... answers. It's different. It's new. Yeah. And then the sound bites, they're just great. They're great. No, it's, it seems like this is a guy like he's sort of knows, he, well, yeah, he knows what he's doing because he's a coach and he's done this for how many years. He looks like, it seems like he has the locker room. He's has the guys energized. They're on a bit of a streak right now. Besser's starting to get going. Petey's starting to get going. It's uh, and those were two guys who, like before your, uh, his first game, Besser was on a 13 game goalless streak in his first two games, two goals. So it's it's definitely a a, a brush a breath of fresh air, like you said. I think the two year extension to me, um, and they probably even said like, listen, Bruce, you're like you're gonna be a bridge guy. Like I, we need you to just get these guys going again. We need you to you know figure out how to get these young guys playing. And then, yeah, eventually when they get over that hump, you know, I bet you they bring in somebody, he's going to be a fall guy. Like he probably knows that, like, you know, I'm going to do what I can with these guys, you know, maybe it's one of those things where don't expect much, but if you get more than that, you look at Bruce, you look at Bruce Boudreaux's coaching history and anytime you had a full season with a squad or with the team, whether it was Anaheim or Scott or uh, Washington, Washington. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll use Minnesota or not Minnesota. I'll use Washington and, and Anaheim. Most of the years there, he was first place in division. One of the last year, his second year before he got fired by uh, Washington, got hired on by Anaheim. Like that was the quickest turnaround too for a coach, mm-hmm. like two days. Yeah, didn't make playoffs. Minnesota sort of Minnesota is doing Minnesota things. So, <laughs> but it, it's right. nice to have that a coach that has a winning like. You're, you're we're brought in a guy that has a winning track record who knows what a playoff success is like or winning in making a playoff run it's it is that nice breath of fresh air and there seems to be some hope uh, i smell food yeah Ooh, hawken does I, I i can't wait for so many more sound bites listen have a seat for a second Listen, I have never seen a bunch of guys get so fucking down when something bad happens. Like, what are you, prima donna perfect that you can't handle adversity? So shit's not going right. It's not fucking working the past 10 days. Fucking get your heads out of your ass and make it work by outworking the opposition. You, you, you kill two men and you stand around while you fucking score here. You come to the bench like fucking this. And when the power plate's not working, so you're trying to stick handle, you're looking and not standing. Outwork the fucking guys. If you want it, 
don't just think you want it. Go out and fucking want it. But you're not looking like you want it. You look like you're feeling sorry for yourselves. And nobody wants anybody that's feeling sorry for themselves. <laughs> what does he say? He said, you got 20 fucking minutes. You're down by one fucking shot. Surely the fuck we can deal with this. Dude, one the of the funniest, you know that is amazing. One of the funniest 24-7s. If, if, if people don't know what I'm referencing, HBO 24-7, pens, caps, like, what was that, 2012, yeah, 11? Like that. Boudreaux just comes in and tears the shit out of Capitals. And it's, I loved it so much it, that I memorized it. <laughs> it was probably the best. Like, if you want to watch anything from Bruce Boudreaux, go watch that. Like, it's oh, uh, so... Like for two minutes ago, a uh, swear warning coming up in now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it says explicit on the thing, you know, don't play it out loud. It was so good. 2011. Yeah. It was. What do uh, you, uh, yeah. What do you feel about Jim Rutherford? Cause you said that and I went, Oh Jesus. So at first I thought it was full-time GM. No, it's he's, he's the interim on it. So he's taken that from, uh, from Stan, but he is going to be holding on. I don't know the, the details on it, but the uh, as president of uh, of hockey operations there. So, well, we're talking about old boys club. Same yeah, thing, man. They keep recycling them. And actually, today uh, Rutherford spoke with the with the media with uh, Francesco Aquilini there, and he said the one thing that he's like, I was ready just to stay home. I was ready to stay home and just. Uh, enjoy the stress-free life of, of things and spend it with, with family. But then this is the, he said, this is the first time in his career that an NHL owner shows up at his house, at his doorstep going in and, and like, not just an email for the job or offerings it showing up. So as, as the ownership group, like, I think that's cool. Like you're going into and you want it, you want this guy so bad that mm-hmm. you're going to show up. Um, He's had success, but at the same time, he's been known as a hothead. You know what it looks like is he's, it looks like the owner is looking for, I want proven talent. Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone just dicking around here. Cause like Travis Green was a rookie coach, correct? Yeah. yeah, First NHL. Did he have a a GM job? I don't think. I don't think he's had a, no, I don't know. He was like a scout and then he was uh, moved up into different roles and. So I think the owner seems like it doesn't want to say he's scared, but he's like, I need someone that knows what they're doing. And I'm going to go and get Bruce Boudreaux. And I'm going to go get Jim Rutherford. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> right. We're getting them both. Do you want to go through Benning and like what you liked, what you didn't, you mentioned a few. Yeah, um, we, can, we can do that. I just know one thing too, in the, uh, in the hiring process of both these guys, they said it wasn't just like the ownership going through and saying this, like they had a collective, which sure. makes sense. But it was interesting that they said both the Sedins were on that. Like, I know they're doing work in Abbotsford, like uh, with the Canucks there. But hearing that they were a part of this whole process, I could see down, like, not, well, I don't want to give it necessarily time, but I could see down the road, those are the guys that they're going to pull, like, fall in the way of the, of the Sackick or an Eisman getting into Good. that manager. But yeah, you got to start somewhere. Exactly. Okay. So some of his best moves, and and I'll ask you if you agree. I just kind of jotted these down. Um, drafting wasn't bad. Uh, you know, no. Quinn Hughes. Drafting was pretty solid. Elias Pettersson. So Hughes was sixth overall. Pettersson was fifth. Uh, Thatcher Demko in the second round. Uh, Vasily Podkolzin. Nils Hoglander. 
Those are just five guys. Even even uh, Mikey Di Pietro in the third. Did he draft Besser? Was Besser already? Uh, I think he did uh, draft Besser, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. Because so Benning was around in 2016. Besser was drafted. No, 2014 Benning came. 2015 Besser was drafted. Okay, so he did draft Besser as well. Uh, and that was a 23rd overall pick. Right. Well, and I mean, he, the Hughes and, and Peterson extensions are Those are good. huge. Those, those are were huge. Extensions. And he signed those, so you got to give him props. Uh, don't worry, we're going to tear him down in a second. But no, uh, no. picking up JT Miller for a first and a third at the time probably looked a little, holy crap, what are we doing here? But when we did our uh, original six draft, JT I think JT Miller pretty high because of his statistics and just what he actually brings to the table. That first round pick ended up being 20th overall. That's not bad for a return on your best, your top goal scorer currently. And even wasn't was, he last was, year too? Uh, I believe he was. He was up there, right? He's He was one guy that was, we said at the time, it's like, oh, who knows? But he's been a guy that's fits perfectly in Vancouver. I, I like that. Um, smaller one but getting tanner pearson for erica branson straight up good trade one that i will say one that i'm gonna say that was a good one at the beginning of his uh his tenure in vancouver was the the ryan kessler trade what was the deal so it was nick benino uh lucas visa first and a third for ryan kessler it's not bad just a dump of anaheim yeah kessler they said they were gonna go out the newer direction at the time and yep. Kessler wanted it out and there you go. Yeah. That's a good one. The last one that I have on here. And, and again, you said you didn't like it slightly, but signing Ryan Miller when Luongo and Schneider both left. Both those guys, somebody. Were, yeah, both those guys were gone. Eddie Lack still was in there at the time. And uh, I didn't necessarily mind that Ryan Miller was coming in. I didn't like the turn. I didn't like the three-year deal. Like I told you, I'd rather seen it on a, on a one and one or a, and then figure it out after and go from there. Yeah. And another Benning signing that necessary, I don't think it was his fault. Uh, just uh, more, like happened last season or two seasons, the Braden Holpe signing. Cause we didn't losing, we didn't. losing uh new, no, like we were going to be who knows with Markstrom or whatnot was going to happen. Holpe was supposed to be the number one guy and it's not Benning's fault that necessarily. Well, fully his fault that he wasn't the number one guy but you brought up holtby just for like real quick do you see what uh, the stars did today uh they, well, wa- saw, they waved yeah. uh kudobin kudobin yeah so yes because because holtby and ottinger have been pretty good yeah well yeah and they said so, what's his face uh ben bishop's done bishop's now done. forever and... isn't that crazy they had bishop and they had kudobin was their one two and they're both gone and now they have two brand new guys and at least better. yeah sometimes those changes uh they can benefit you. Like it can go either way, obviously, but sometimes when it works out, it looks pretty cool. <laughs> and like, I like oh, that hey, the, whole, the deal they had with Holtby too, the two-year deal. I liked it. It was a, it was a nice contract were, and I was excited, about it and, but didn't work um, out. So, oh, well. So you've mentioned some of the, now these are the worst ones. And if you want to pile on, cause it makes you feel better, you go for it. You've already said the refusal to rebuild. You mentioned that earlier. Uh, I agree. You know, patch jobs, patch jobs and, I think it's something that a lot of GMs in the league, uh, you know, you get to a point where you get a little desperate and you're not really thinking about two years down the line, three years down the line. You're thinking about now. I need to keep my job now. You're thinking about your career two, three years. You're not thinking about the team. And it doesn't necessarily mean that these 
moves uh, are going to benefit the team in the long run. You're look again, a patch job is you're patching a hole. You're trying to get something. We need to do something. Right. And uh, you know, for Benning, you know, getting rid of green, wasn't going to cut it because, Hey man, that was your guy. You hired him. He hired him on. That was his guy. And he's the one that's supposed to bring these guys to the next level. These are the players that you got. You're responsible for all of this. And just seeing some of these moves we're going to talk about is a big part of why he's no longer the GM in Vancouver. You mentioned Louis Erickson, six years, 6 million. That might be the worst move that guy's ever made is signing him. Like I'm (laughs) my blood's boiling. Just thinking of it. Like I'm so glad. I mean, now here's the thing you, you got rid of him, but I think you got another albatross. Oliver Ekman Larson is terrible. Yes, at the time I thought it was a great trade. Half Me too. That because you got rid of him and you got rid of uh, Antoine Roussel. The best part of that deal was Connor. Connor Garland. Garland has been great for Vancouver. He's been perfect. He's been a great fit. And but how about the off season where they lost Tanev, Markstrom, year, and Toffoli? Yeah. All three of them. See you later. Where they probably could have got a few of them back. Tanev, I wasn't necessarily. Like Tanev leaving. How about this? The way it went down where it was reported that, Hey, we got, you know, we're talking with Tanev right now. And then like an hour later, it was like, he signed with Calgary. <laughs> like, yeah. So you weren't talking with him. And then Tanev saying, I well, Markstrom signs. Hey, I've, and then... Well, Markstrom too. And like, what are you going to do? You had a, wasn't Markstrom a Vezina finalist? Pretty sure he was like two years ago or whatever. Anyway. Um, and but the Toffoli, one that hurt was Toffoli. Cause there Toffoli, was yeah. a, apparently the, the, like they were close and then Benning just stopped listening. Right. And so those are guys. And he's the Canuck killer. He's been the Canuck killer the last couple of years. And in doing that too, it's like you get cap space and now you're thinking, Oh shit, who's he going to sign now? Yeah. Um, Some now here's a, uh, a trade. Okay. Okay. Uh, And then the rest is just draft and signing. So the the trade was, uh, is Jared McCann a second and a fourth? For a good Branson and a fifth. Oh my God. I mean, if you like hearing that must make your stomach turn. <laughs> good now Branson, they turn like, they turn good Branson into Tanner Pearson. Okay. Makes it a little better. They like, did. But at the time it went it's like, like right. this, and then you came back up a bit, right? Like good Branson. If this is 20 years ago, good Branson would have been 20 decent. years ago. Wait, was he in the league? No, no. <laughs> oh, but okay. It, I mean, if oh. Eric Good Branson played. <laughs> 20 plus years. I was ago. like, he was like 16. I yeah. know what you're saying. No, like he good Branson's just in the wrong era for hockey. He is. He really um, is. Um, he, how... he should like he'd have been a perfect like Scott, Scott Steven style hockey player, but he's this uh... is, I'm just torturing Bobo with these with all of these. Jake Vertanen drafted before William Nylander and Nikolai Ehlers. <laughs> he's gonna leave. He's gone. No, nope. I broke my He's headphone. Back. Broke his headphone. The uh, green just, screen's falling apart. Yeah, just the, the stuffing. Hey, wait. You're literally going to leave after this one. Oli Uolevi uh, uh, over Matthew Kachuk, Mikhail Sergachev, Charlie McAvoy, and Jacob Chicker, and probably other guys, too. Yeah, look what just happened. Like, fucking. Oh. And Uolevi, yeah. he's gone. Yeah. Florida. Right? In Florida. For, like, nobody. So those are two busts of draft picks where it's just like, well, that sucks. And then here's some signings that, I mean, you look at these, you look at the term, the number. These are the numbers that scare me when I look at a roster. Tyler Myers, five years, six million per year. 
I mean, and at the time, wasn't he like 29? Like, I mean, what's going to happen? Michael Furland coming off a career year in Carolina or, or uh, no, sorry. Was it Calgary or Carolina? One of the two, four years, oh, yeah. three and a half million per year. That's the, the term on these just scares the shit out of me. And then Sven you know, Archie at three, three years, 3.3 mil. I didn't even know that one. That's terrible. How about Sam Eagle making three mil? Sam Gagne, three years, 3.1 mil. There's a lot of bad signings where it, it, there's term and, and money where you're going, these guys are bottom, like Roussel, Beagle, Furland. What does that scream to you? Bottom six. You know, draft I mean, you should be <laughs> able to draft guys that play in those roles. It's not that hard or pick guys up that have worth. Um, you know, so that's the moves that kind of got Benning canned in the long He's- run. Is it, is he handcuffed himself? And, and like I've said before, Brian Burke said, you know, he's an ex GM of the Canucks too. Yeah. You're, you're making these moves for now. You know, you, you're signing the guy to a five year deal. Maybe you won't make it to that. You need him now. So he wants seven. I'm only going to probably be here for another two years if this doesn't work out. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to sign him in seven years. And then it's the guy after that's got to clean the mess up. So organizationally, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So in that regard, you know, I always wonder like, okay, for example, just, just going off of like a local thing with the lions, right? The lions are terrible. They're one 11 and one. They're clearly, they got to rebuild this. Um, They have their owner who knows nothing about football, clearly. Um, And then they have Chris Spielman, ex lion who's a smart football mind in an advisory capacity they have jim dorsey who has drafted like patrick mahomes <laughs> and baker mayfield above others um overlooking um the gm uh his name? no no screw that guy no the gm he was uh he was a scout with uh who's he a scout with and they picked him up was it the Rams? Brad Holmes. Brad Holmes. Okay. So Brad Holmes is a new GM. If I like, I'm wondering if NHL teams have that, like, and I know they do. Like we just talked about Jeff Gordon being an advisor over top of this other GM. How much power do they actually have or can go to the owner and go, listen, um, Jim Benning wants to sign, you know, he wants to sign Tyler Myers for five years at 6 million a year. I don't see that being a good thing for us in the future. Like at all, like it might help now, but if this doesn't work out, right. Like to be a a bug in the owner's ear and go, if this doesn't work out, we're we're screwed. Like we have to sign Hughes and Pedersen and we got Besser and we got Horvath. Like, and then, Demko is going to want money. We can't sign this guy. If he doesn't work out, we're screwed. Yeah, we're, we're, Can you know that? You know what I mean? To go to the GM and go, wait, you, you want to sign able. what? And go, no, we're not. That's ridiculous. Like, cause that would, that would save a lot of these, you know, contracts, right. Um, where it's just the GM having the ability to just go, yeah, just sign the check. It's like, if I'm the owner, I kind of want to know what's going on. Why are you signing this guy? What, like, what do you see in him? Right. Yeah and have an advisor that's going to be an in-between to go, Hey, uh, it's like when you see on Twitter, it's like something happens in hockey. And then you see someone go explain this to me in football terms, <laughs> right? Because they don't know about hockey. 
you know, that's the advisory capacity that I would look at and go, dude, if I was the advisor, if you were the advisor to Jim Benning, you probably been like, whoa, 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 what? What are you Why doing? The fuck, we signing, signing Tyler Myers on a <laughs> right. five year deal. Yeah. Why the hell did you? Can you not get him for three? Like, why, why five? Did, why you know? six years on Louis Erickson at six years and six mil? And exactly. And that's where I'm trying to draw some comparisons between your Canucks and my Red Wings. Yeah. Um, and I read an article about, uh, I think it was on The Athletic about some of the similarities in where the Canucks were and where the Red Wings are now and how things could technically go the other way. Cause that's what happened with Vancouver. The, the similarities are, you know, you have Quinn Hughes sensation, right? Out of like, I want to say out of nowhere, but guess what? Sixth overall pick, you know, who's sixth overall pick for Detroit more cider looks amazing. You know, leading rookie defenseman in points uh, leading the team in ice time looking like a, a, a professional, like looking like he could be in the all-star game. Uh, Elias Patterson, fifth overall, Lucas Raymond, fourth overall, two rookie phenoms that came in and was like, holy shit, these guys are our best players. Yeah. You know, Thatcher Demko, um, a, a goalie that took a second to, to get going. Alex Nadelkovich, first, they're both starters. They're both young, right? And then you have, you know, guys come up, Pod Coles, and I guess I could kind of say, Philip Zadina. There's all these. Horvat, Larkin, sort of. Horvat, Larkin, Bertuzzi, kind of. There's all these guys, you know, Besser, Bertuzzi. You have the same type of thing going on, right? Um, Where, in my opinion, the the Vancouver defense, pretty similar to Detroit's. They got, like, two guys, and that's it, you know? Yeah. So – my thing is I look at the Red Wings and I go, just look at the Canucks. What happens when you dump money into players that maybe you're, maybe they tried to speed this up too quickly mm-hmm. where maybe you were best served. If you're Vancouver, if they would have, if Jim Benning would have said, listen, we're not going to be overly aggressive. I like our young players. We got a few other guys coming. I don't want to spend a lot of money. Our cap situation's fucked, you know, I don't want to spend because I want to have some, some, you know, room to breathe, room to move. I want to see how these guys do. They're coming up. Um, that might've worked out better for Vancouver. Right? Yeah. Cause these younger guys would have developed like, okay, once and, they're starting to enter their prime, then you have that cap money where you can bring and, in a vet uh, that right. has that experience. And these, in these but, deals like Myers, Furland, Roussel, Beagle, Barchi, Gagne, these were all signed years ago. So it's kind of Benning put himself in that situation. So as an owner, I'd go, dude, you, that's self-inflicted. You know, you, yeah. you're the one that is asking me to get out of this. You're the one that has to do it. You know, you put yourself in this situation for the Red Wings. How do you avoid a similar situation? Uh, you know, winging it in Motown. I read a lot of their stuff they were talking about the three different ways that they can go about going forward into the off season. And, you know, one was, it was just, one was be really aggressive. Two was kind of be in the middle. Three was very conservative. Knowing Iserman, it, it's, it, it can be, it can be aggressive. It can be conservative. It's a little, he kind of does everything right. Um, where there's a low risk, you know, low risk, high reward trading like Della Rose for Fabry. You know, that's, that works out. Uh, there's not a lot of swings, right? He hasn't done that yet. When do you start where you feel comfortable taking a swing at, let's say 
uh, in free agency, for example, like Thomas Hurdle, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say San Jose, for some reason, <laughs> he's their best player that for some reason doesn't sign him and he's a free agent. What is stopping Detroit from going out and throwing a bag of money at the guy? Nothing. They have so much cap space. It's insane. He's a guy that would be coming in there. Like Hurdle's 28. He would. What does he play? What position he's, is he? He's a center. What does Detroit need? They need a top top line six center. center, right? Because Larkin is proving right now that he is a top line guy. And that's something that I have in a, in a YouTube video before is, is this going the way in my video? It was, should they trade Larkin? Absolutely not. Right. I said, if the, this season doesn't go the way you want and he doesn't look the way you want, then maybe you think about it. You're not trading him. He's your guy. And he's in the, on the top line. He's doing well. And you need another guy. There isn't that second line guy. Is it Joe Valeno? I don't know. It's not, it's not Pew Suter. I mean, he's been doing okay, but he's, he's probably your third line center. Uh, you know, if you sign a guy like a hurdle, right. I know that's a pipe dream. It's just an example. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I, I think I would like it, but what is, what is keeping that from being a Tyler Myers type deal, right? It's looking at these players analytically and going, this guy fits my, you know, needs. Thomas Hurdle is what? 28 years old. 28. Just turned 28 in November. Okay. I'm not signing Thomas Hurdle to a seven year deal. We've got a four year deal. But that's what he'll get in free agency because somebody will take will do it. Some yeah, like I said, it only takes one to give you what you want. You don't need all 32 teams to give it or 31 teams to give it to you. Wait, 32 now. Um yeah. and so that's something where I go, but at the same time, it can go the other way, where hurdles the guy that gets you over the hump, right? Where you 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 get him and you're like, wow, um, we just got the guy that's gonna help us get to that next level where I really think he would, you know, Tyler Myers, Furland, Russell Beagle. Do any of those guys really stand out that much to you where you're like, Hey, we should throw money at them. Not really. They're replacement type players. Myers, maybe a little bit more. So his deal though is way worse than that. The other guys, what? you know, would you rather have, you know, Antoine Roussel at $3 million or would you rather have Adam Ernie at 0.95? Take Ernie at 0.95. Every day. He's going to do the same thing for less and that's your gym potentially, but except your, if you're Jim Benning or right? Kenny Holland, <laughs> or Kenny Holland yeah, you know, I got to throw the one Kenny Holland rip in there. Sure. So that's where I'm looking at this going, Hey, Detroit's at a crossroads and they're going to be, uh, they've been up and down this year. They've got shell shocked the last two games, just absolutely blown out. Uh, St. Louis and Colorado uh, didn't look good. And, but there's been bright spots where, Kids are all right. Um, you know, there's some growing pains there. I mean, they need a backup goalie because I think Grice is pretty garbage this year. Uh, Nadelkovich is your guy. Hey, there's Matt Murray. Oh, God, there's no chance. Just because so, you offered him the, the Vancouver the other pod. That's so. kind of when I was t- thinking we're going to talk about Vancouver, and I saw that article. I'm, I have to talk about this because it's it's interesting to look at it in terms of you're the a very, fan, I'm a Wings fan. And there are the similarities, like I said, between them and – because the Vancouver is already moving they're in that wrong direction. They've fired their coach and GM and now who knows what's going to happen. Really? What are they, you know, what would Jim Rutherford do? You know, well, I mean, he's made some crazy trades in the past too. Is he going to hire? If you like, want to look up what Rutherford has done with the penguins and, you know, that's something like, we can do down the road and uh, good. You really could. It's going to be interesting to see what they do GM wise before the draft. 
it, it really will be. And I wonder how much say Rutherford will have because he's not just coming in. If the owner is going to his house and doing just an advisory capacity, I feel like he might just be the guy and they're just saying, Oh, I enter him, you know, it's just the title. He's probably after, the guy. Then after the season, they just remove the, uh, the interim tag. Or they have somebody learning under him, you know, Hey, yeah. uh, you're going to be, are going to learn under him and we're going to, yeah, whoever it is. Right. So I thought it was interesting to bring up because I obviously don't want to go the way of Vancouver uh, I don't blame and, and jump the gun and do something crazy if it doesn't make sense. So, and I have the, you know, I think Jim, Jim Benning is not as good as an executive as Steve Eiserman is. I think they've proven and that. I don't think, but I don't think Jim Benning is going to get another GM job in the NHL. Peter Shirelli got a few. So you never know, man, <laughs> the old boys club. We bring yeah. it full circle to the old boys club, Mark what? Bergevin and Mike Yeo is the coach Benning, in Philly. And Benning here comes will, uh, Boudreaux. Ben, Benning will get a job when uh, Arizona relocates to exactly. Houston. Exactly. Exactly. He'll be the Houston GM. So 21 episodes. That was a lot. We actually, that was a lot of uh, analytical stuff. I know we both like doing that. Actually, you know what? You want to end it on something funny? Let's go, go on sportslogos.net. You know how the Jersey, like New Jersey has their, New Jersey jersey. See the back of Mackenzie Blackwood's mask? <laughs> it says it says mask. Yeah. <laughs> I saw someone made a, it, it was like a, it was a cookie of the jersey and it said cookie on it. <laughs> Are they they need honestly? Here's what <laughs> here's what New Jersey sure. needs to do. If they if they want to make this fly, okay? Because okay, the jersey sucks. We talked yeah. about that last episode. If they wanted to do this properly, they're putting out a whole line. Why wouldn't hats you? that say hat? Jersey that says jersey, t-shirt that says t-shirt, pants that say pants. Why wouldn't you? It would be be hilarious. If you're a Devils fan, tell me you wouldn't buy some of that stuff. Just sent it to you on the screen there, so or in the chat through here, just Uh, so you could take a quick look. No, I've I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) pretty funny. I I think that if I'm New Jersey, that would be a funny thing you could do. Because I think they took themselves a little bit serious. Like Martin Brodeur made this. It's like, no. yeah, but it sucks. Everyone's making like, fun of it. You got to roll with Marty it. Marty Brodeur took a shit in the urinal. You want to go see? It's like, no, the that's shit On the toilet. On the toilet. So you see what they did to the Uranus. Yeah. So we are <laughs> going to move on from that. Yeah. And uh, what I will say is world juniors are coming up. Actually, that's going to be a lot of fun because uh, just like Christmas break and all that stuff. It'll be fun to follow all of that. And uh, I'm sure me and you can put our heads together and figure out something we can do. We're uh, smart. Team Canada. No, we're not. You guys have a lot more credit than the, than you'd think, but we'll figure something out for that. Oh yeah. We'll do, we'll do forward February Olympics. Now, the only thing is, is like, I'm having a kid in January, so So hopefully we can still find the time to, to do this. Right. I'm sure we will. It'll just be a a second. Little bushette on the uh, Bobo. Bobo might have to do a solo at one point. He'll be fine. I have all the faith. Right. But meanwhile, you're messaging me. Don't fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yeah. Don't screw this up for us. We're going to the top. Hey, you know what? Here's what's going to happen. You're going to do a solo show at one point. It's going to get 7 billion views and I'm fired. Yeah. This is how it is, man. It's just, just show business. The Bobo show. The Bobo show. (laughs) A Bobo podcast on Bobo.com. Double Das Bobo. (laughs) 
on fuckbushy.org. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, uh, www.healthyscratch.ca, and follow us on YouTube if you can. Until next time, it's Bushy and Bobo. Take care. Yeah.